born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. I want to finish Psalm 78. So take your Bible and turn to Psalm 78. We started it a couple weeks ago, and just a lot of good stuff in that psalm. Uh, have you ever wondered, you know what the 23rd Psalm talks about? Uh, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Uh, my idea was that, Lord, just get, get rid of my enemies. <laughs> I don't want a table prepared me in the presence of my I don't want them to be there. Uh, sometime I wish that the, the devil wasn't around to bother me, and I didn't have this old sinful nature to bother me. And... Um, well, if, if I don't have my sinful nature around to bother me, and you don't want your sinful nature around to bother you, maybe we ought to just not bother each other. <laughs> because we all have a sinful nature, and it causes us all kinds of turmoil. Uh, that's where all of our grief comes from, because we're just sinful people. And, um, but, you know, the Bible tells us and gives us a good idea of what it means for the Lord to protect his own. And everything that God does for us that he doesn't do for the wicked uh, ought to be, a, you know, a plus on the plus side. And when we see what God does to the wicked, that ought to be a plus also. So we ought to win, win, win. But it's amazing how we go through life feel like losers. Like we can't win. We can't get victorious. I can't remember how many years it seemed like I was always under this cloud. You know, it seemed like everywhere I went, this cloud just followed me. It was sun shining on everybody, but I had a cloud over top of me, and I just couldn't see no sunlight. And I, it's like I can't see through it. It's just it's so foggy. Now, maybe it's, it's never happened like that to y'all, but, man, it seemed like I'm never going to get out from under this cloud. And uh, little by little, it started to dissipate after about 40 years. <laughs> but I don't know how long before I can start really seeing clearly. Because in the Christian life, you know, we, we, see, we don't see clearly as we ought to. And uh, we've got our old sinful nature that's always hammering us and uh, lying to us, deceiving us. And sometimes we don't know the complete revelation of what God's Word has and what it means. And so uh, we're just stumbling along, just stumbling along. And uh, wondering how in the world can we ever get anything right. But here in the uh, 78th Psalm... Uh, it didn't talk to them about, because they asked the question, you know, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? I mean, do you realize where I am? Can God, you know, can you give me something to eat in the world? Can God give me something to drink? See, that's mentioned up there in verse 19 and 20. Can he provide? Can he provide? 
So these are questions that we have as we go through life. Now, he can give us eternal life. He provided that. But then, you know, I just don't know if he can see me through this day. Now, think about it. He can give me eternal life and get me to heaven. <laughs> he can take care of my greatest need I've ever had. But I don't know. Can he, uh, can, he, can he get me through this grieving process I'm going through? Can he get me through this? Or can he provide that one hamburger I need? Oh, if I could just get a hamburger. If, I did. if he's going to give me a hamburger, I'd just soon give him a Big Mac. But I, I like the Whoppers they used to have. They were big, and you did take two hands to handle them. But I loved it whenever the onions were around it, the tomatoes, and the, the hamburger was big enough that you could see it from the outside of the, the, the bun, and the, and the lettuce and all that there. And you had to have two hands, and then that smothered it inside with all that uh, uh, mayonnaise. Oh, was it good. And I can taste it right now. And I'd eat the whole thing. Eat the whole thing. Now, and then there was only about, I don't know, 38 cents or 48 cents, something like that, for a big old giant Whopper. Get a whole meal. Today, that same Whopper would cost us $7, $8. And it's not as big. No, and I think the inflation has taken over somewhere along the line. But anyway, as we're going through this, I want you to look up there in verse 39. In verse 39, because the Lord has wrath. He has anger. In other words, what people do stirs up God. God gets stirred up with his anger. And um, so he makes a statement here and. In verse 39, for he remembered uh, that they were but flesh, a wind that passes away and cometh not again. So that means there is no reincarnation, because once you have left this world, you do not come back again. And he says a, in verse 40, how often did they provoke him in the wilderness? What does it mean to provoke? Provoke God. Well, they provoked him to anger. Now, the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, provoke one another to love and to do right. You can challenge and motivate somebody to do the right thing, and you can motivate somebody to do the wrong thing. So it all depends on as you go through life, what are you doing? You bringing out the best in people, or do you bring out the worst in people? Have you ever found out what causes some people to be very irritated and what can, you know, hit their little hot button and then do it. <laughs> Find out what irritates your neighbor and do it with all thy might. <laughs> because there's people that do that. And they know that it's going to make them upset and they're angry and they'll do it on purpose just to make them mad. Just to watch them, you know. Because after a while, let's say, for example, me and Betty's lived together now for almost 58 years. In June, it'll be 58 years. Do you think by now we know what each other likes and don't like? That what I could say or do that could make her lose her cool? <laughs> do you think she knows what it would take to make me lose mine? So if we love each other, then we want to avoid those hot buttons. You know, if possible. The Bible says in the book of Romans, live peaceably with all men. And then it says, if possible. Now, that's, that was written to the women. That was written to <laughs> live peaceably with all your husbands, <laughs> if possible. <laughs> well, maybe he doesn't say it quite like that. And 
You know, I like to apply the scriptures to the women. <laughs> I can't always apply them to my, myself, you know. And something just don't seem like it fits, right? But it fits the other way better. All right, look what we have here. In verse 40, they provoke him in the wilderness and see that and grieved him in the desert. So they did grieve the Lord. In other words, they acted in such a way that they didn't have to act. They murmured and complained when they didn't have to. But they did it. But they didn't have to. Because, see, if you did that, only what you had to do, you had to, well, then that's one thing. God's not going to get upset with that. It's just when you do it and you didn't really have to do it. So do you ever complain when you don't have to complain? Can you control it and not complain? Or do you just let it loose? Like I told somebody in church one time, I said, if you don't like what I'm saying, you ought to be thankful for what I'm holding back. Uh, they don't know that I wasn't holding anything back. <laughs> no. But sometimes you just say, and you can control it, but sometimes we just choose not to. Because we know that sometimes uh, truth can do a lot of damage. Not just error. Truth can hurt people. Have you ever tried to let people save face? Or when you know you've got some dirt on them, man, I'm going to slap them around with this. Let a person save face as much as possible. In other words, the goal in life is not to say, how many can I humiliate today? And love covers a multitude of what? But see, when you don't really like somebody, you want to uncover every little dirt you can. Because it's the, it's the hurt that tears down somebody else's character. So you've got to be careful. So he makes a statement here in verse 41. Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Now, they didn't go back to Egypt, but they turned back in their hearts. They were still going forward in the wilderness, but they were turning back in their heart. They were looking back to the good old days, the good old days. And those good old days was making bricks and being a slave out in a blazing hot sun and no freedom and killing their, their men, children, and um, eating those leeks, onion, and garlic. <laughs> those good old days. Do you have people that you realize today, the days in which we live? Would people 50 years from now will be the good old days? Because when we were young, those were the good old days. Yeah, but those people that were living then that were older and adults, those were the bad old days. Boy, they remember the good old days, which was, you know, you remember the Civil War, how good those were. (laughs) Remember the Revolutionary War? Boy, those were the good old days. When is the good old days? But there is a sermon there somewhere but there is. But he says here in verse 42, they remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. Now, he's going to go on a long dissertation here about what did he actually do to the enemy of Israel? And you notice when he says they remembered not his hand. You see, God's hand was in everything that was going on, but they didn't see God's hand. They just couldn't tell. Did you know that God's hand is in your life? And, but you don't see his hand. You don't see God doing anything. But God is still moving behind the scenes and you just, you don't see it. It's just like, they just consider a lot of these things see, as, you know, it was just a circumstance. It just happened by chance. Now there was a God who was watching over and providing and hindering the enemy. 
Now he's going to really explain some of the things that he did to his enemy. Now remember, if God can do these things that we're going to see here in just a minute to the enemy of God, what about when you and I, as a child of God, walk in the flesh? Is it possible that God can do some of these things to the believer? Ah. See, a Christian who walks in disobedience is like the lost man who walks in disobedience. Because you're doing the same thing. But look what he did. He, in verse 42, he delivered them from the enemy. How he was wroth his signs, worked his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the fields of Zoan. Now that's up there toward the north part of Egypt, toward the Mediterranean, where the river branches out. And that was the well-watered plains. And there, that was the choice piece of land that uh, Joseph and his brethren well, they settled there when there was about 70 of them. Now, a couple million of them. So he says here in verse 44, And they turned their rivers, and had turned their rivers into blood, and their floods that they could not drink. So, what's the difference of being in the choicest places of Israel, or Egypt, and they can't drink the water, or being in the wilderness and can't drink the water? Because they still, neither one of them had water. But what God did to the enemy, God was able to take care of his people. And he provided for them. And uh, all these things that he did to his, their, their enemies, Israel ought to remember, you don't go against God. Because they kept going against the Lord. And notice what else he says. In verse 45, he sent diverse sorts of flies among them. Have you ever gone fishing and been swarmed with mosquitoes? I was up in Minnesota, and they wanted to take me fishing because they considered themselves the world's greatest fishermen. And I told them, I says, uh, Dan, you and Rodney go, they were going to take me fishing. And they were the world's best. How do I know? They said so. They were the best trappers, best hunters in the world. There was nobody better than them. And so I'm just a preacher. So they're going to take me out fishing. And so early in the morning, they get up and go fishing. And so we get out there, and it wasn't, it wasn't no time at all before the mosquitoes realize it's breakfast time. Now, they say there's not one single mosquito in Minnesota. They're all married and got large families. <laughs> and, buddy, they brought the relatives, everybody. And you know that those other guys, they sat on both ends of the boat, and those mosquitoes did not bother them one iota. They swarmed on me. My arms were black. They covered my arms. They were all in my face. I could hardly breathe. I was breathing in my nose. I was swallowing some it was swarming around me. And they sat on both ends of the boat, and it did not phase them one iota. Now, I don't know what it was because of the coffee they drank. Because whenever they would, and you would smack them, uh, it wasn't blood, it was coffee. But they would sit on both ends of the boat, and they were just fishing and having a good time. And I'm sitting there swarming them. And I said, fellas, I can't handle this. I said, I, I, I cannot stand here. I cannot concentrate. They're eating me alive. 
And they couldn't figure out why they were bothering me and they wasn't bothering them. Well, they've tasted them before and knew they were no good. I was fresh meat and they was just gobbling me up. And I, I thought I was going to die. And by the way, when I got back, they said, you know, next time we go, you ought to put some of this off on. I said, do what? You ought to put some off on. I said, you're either going to put it on or you're going to put it off. What is it? I didn't know what off was. Off is a spray that you can put it on. So you put off on. <laughs> you got to put on your off. <laughs> and the mosquitoes, I sprayed. I said, why didn't you guys tell me? Well, you never ask. I can't stand one mosquito. Lay down in bed and one mosquito. When it stops, uh-oh, he's fixing the drill. And you don't know where it is until he drills. <laughs> and some of them are drilling for a while. And I'm telling you, I cannot stand one mosquito, the sound of it. And it can keep me awake all night long. Yankee, <laughs> I slapped Betty. But anyway, you get up, you turn on the light, and you're trying to find this one mosquito. And you can't see it, and you don't hear it. Till you lay back down, turn off the light. There it goes again. Pest. And there's pest that God has in this world. And what do they do? Pest. They pest you to death. God said there's pestilence. He said, he sent these things among the people. Now, wouldn't it be something that here's an Israelite? Not one mosquito, not one fly. And all the other person, they just swarmed with them. <laughs> I can see it now. I think it'd be funny. On them, on my enemy, not on me. But look what else. In verse 45, he says, it devoured them. And frogs, which destroyed them. See, not everybody died of the same thing, but they died of different things. But it was still God's judgment upon them. See, there's a lot of people who suffer consequences in this life, and some of it's because of decisions they make. Not all the time, but you have to figure this thing out. Look what he says here in verse 46. He gave also their increase unto the caterpillar and their labor unto the locust. In other words, you work and you work and labored in vain. And then what you did have is an increase that, that was eaten up. Now, you know, that's also mentioned in the book of Amos where it talks about they put their, their money like in bags that has what in it? Has holes. In other words, what does that mean? You're losing it. You know, words like money has wings. It flies in and flies out and leaves no change. <laughs> easy come, easy go. And you're just trying to figure, if I could just keep just a little bit of it. Just a little bit. And the Lord says he did this to their enemies. Now, this is why I've seen people who try to make money their goal. And the more they work, the less they have. And it doesn't mean you're always going to have peace and joy and happiness. So finally, they've stored up enough money to retire. So they retire, and then they die. And the kids get the money <laughs> They didn't want the kids to have in the first place. So here's the kids just waiting. Hello, Mom. <laughs> like it's one of the grandkids says, Grandpa. He says, uh, would you make a sound like a frog? 
He says, no, I'm not going to make it sound like a frog. Oh, come on, Grandpa, make it sound like a frog. He says, why do you want me to make it sound like a frog? Because Mommy and Daddy says that when you croak, we're going to Disney World. As we're moving right along. In other words, God can destroy the prophets, the labor of those that are not doing right. And he can protect and heal. So God is, is working. It's just that we don't know on who is doing what. But it's not like, you know, you're just on your own and it doesn't matter. Yeah, everything matters. Because there's a God that's behind the scenes and he does know. And uh, there's something he says down here a little bit later. I'll, I'll show you. And uh, it's enough to scare you to death. But look what he says concerning their labor. Verse 47. He destroyed their vines with hail, their sycamore trees with frost. He gave up their cattle to the hail and their flocks to hot thunderbolts. What's a hot thunderbolt? Lightning. So he said, now all these different things, well, it was just a coincidence, just a coincidence. See, in the eyes of people, see, that's all they see. They don't see God working. All they see is things happening. But there's something that causes things to happen. And uh, look in verse 47. Now, this is a very important verse. He cast upon them the fierceness of his anger, wrath and indignation and trouble. Get this, by sending evil angels among them. God allows the evil angels, those that sided with the devil and the rebellion, allows them to do damage. Now, it doesn't say the good angels do this, but that's why even when um, you have Saul, King Saul, at one time he was a pretty good old man. And uh, then along come David and uh, he got jealous and tried to kill him. And uh, he want David to come and uh, play his harp so that he could be soothe, you know, kind of calm his spirit. And the Bible says an evil angel came unto him and was mentally disturbing him and causing him to be jealous and filled with hatred and filled with murder. And God finally had to take, uh, take him out of this world. Now, did you see any angels? Warren brought four of them this morning. You don't see them? Now, I don't know if they were good angels or evil angels. <laughs> <laughs> but you may have some problems before the day is over. There's another world being lived at the same time we're living our lives. One that we can't see. The angelic world. And yet when Christ was here, he knew who had a demon. And there was a one demon that could make them where they couldn't talk. And another one, uh, you know, where they couldn't hear. And there was other demons that would make a man so strong that he was bound with chains and was able to break the chains. I mean, that's a lot of strength. It's demonic power. And so there's some people, in order to get certain things in life, they will sell themselves over so they can have this superpower because it makes them something special today. You've got to be careful. God says don't play around with any of that junk. But he says in verse 50, he made a way to his anger. Get this. He spared not their soul unto death or from death, but gave their life over to the pestilence. In other words, God allowed them to die. Now, God can use many different things, but he chastened these people. 
And then he went after and says about the firstborn. And this was really a test. This is when Pharaoh finally decided his God is God and they can leave. So that was the end of it, right? (laughs) No, it wasn't the end of it. They got to think about, hey, we're losing all these workers. If we get some more workers, we're going to have to pay them $15 an hour, but they were free. So he says in verse 51, and smote all the firstborn in Egypt, the chief of their strength in the tabernacles of Ham, but made his own people to go forth like sheep. Now, this is a great verse. This is a great verse. The way that God is going to take his people and he's going to lead them like they were a flock of sheep. And look where he led them. When you read the 23rd Psalm and then you read what happened to the children of Israel. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures here in the wilderness. You know, still waters. What water? I mean, it's a, a total contrast of David's 23rd Psalm and what happened to the children. And yet, at the same time, did God provide them food in the wilderness? And he led them and gave them water in the wilderness. God gave them everything, and their clothes never wore out for 40 years. How would you like to wear that same shirt for 40 years? Oh, you have. Somebody came up to me one day and says, I really like that tie. I told my husband if he would just wait, ours would come back in in, uh, style also, just like yours did. (laughs) Now, some people can say something, and you don't know, is is that a compliment or what? (laughs) So, I've I've got ties that are old. But then, uh, Betty showed me a dress that she had. She says, Yank, I've had this dress for 20 years. I said, well, it wears out. We'll get you another one. I mean, why do you, why, you don't want to get rid of it. And uh, the poor girl, now she's in lost weight. I'm going to have to take and go buy her a whole new wardrobe. I think she's excited about that. And so, um, anyway, y'all do pray for her. She's, she's got a lot of things on her mind, trying to figure some things out. And uh, you're talking about the husband's is when it's grieving. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. We call them my two women in my life. They're the two greatest women in my whole life. And when they hurt and I can't do anything about it, I can't stop it, you know. But anyway, it says down here in this verse 52, but made his own people to go forth like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. Look how many strange things he, he did behind the scenes. And yet they never laid their eyes on God. But he said, I led them. That he did this. And it's a wonderful thing. Look what else he says in verse 53. And he led them on safely so that they feared not, but the sea overwhelmed their enemies. And he brought them to the border of his sanctuary, even to this mountain, which his right hand hath purchased. He cast out the heathen also before them and divided them an inheritance by line and made the tribe of Israel to dwell in their tents. See, he's watching over them and providing and giving them the food, the drink and so forth and protecting them from enemies. He's doing all of these things for them. What can you and I learn from this? See, you may not have everything that you want in the place that you'd like. 
You may not have the house that you want or the cars that you want or, you know, the money that you think, but aren't you still alive? How many years has it been now that you've known the Lord? And you're still here. So your needs must have been met somehow, some way. You see, it's just sometimes we have wants. And wants are not the same thing as needs. Now, a woman can say, I need, I need, I need. No, 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 no. You want, you don't need. No, I need. (laughs) So, when a woman says she needs, a man needs to understand. She needs that. Have you ever heard preachers tell you that you must turn from sins to be saved and go to heaven? Does that mean you must turn from only the big sins or all sins before God will save you? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.